0: I would say I'm a landscape painter. I yeah. work with watercolor. Um, I'd like to branch out, but being on the road, watercolor just makes the most sense. Definitely. <laughs> it's not toxic and it's so portable and you can bring it like out in the mountains with you. So it's been, I've really loved, I've like really learned to really embrace that medium, even though yeah. I wouldn't say that I was drawn to it initially. Now I really love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've always created, I've always painted, drawn as a kid. I was like, you know, I thought when I grew up, I was going to be an artist, you know, I had yeah, that whole like, yeah, yeah. dream. And then at some point I was like, that's not practical, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
0: I feel like I, I craved, I thought I was going to crave like financial stability and stuff. So yeah. um, in college, I studied psychology, which I also was super interested in but all of my electives were art classes, you know, like I took like figure drawing and mixed media and those classes I was just like obsessed with. I loved them. I should have, I think if I had more wisdom at that age, I would have been like, well, (laughs) this is what I should do. But I just was too scared to take that leap. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I studied psychology and I would always go through periods of being really creative and then kind of drop it for a while. And yeah. I went on this huge kind of world trip when I was 26. I mm-hmm. went to Indonesia on a surf trip with a couple of girlfriends. And I was like, I, it was, I was just like way in over my head there. Like I had lived in San Diego for a little bit and learned to surf. And they're like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. Like, let's go to Indonesia, you know?
1: Oh my gosh. yeah. And I had
0: yeah. like, I basically had a really bad experience where I thought I was going to die. Because <laughs> I just like got stuck way out and just thought I was going oh around and,
1: yeah, and it just that's, like
0: really <laughs> was terrible.
1: That's a huge Well, <laughs> so I actually I, first yeah. had an
0: experience where I, I had a real, like I got held down a bunch and I was yeah. like, okay, I don't know about this. And then I actually left the two girls. So I was like, I need to do my own thing. It kind of spurred this like need to do some self exploring yeah. and then when I was out by myself and I was surfing by myself on a break is when I actually had that experience where I almost
1: oh like, thought I
0: was going to die. I don't really know. It, it was really intense. So
1: yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I spurred
0: this big trip um cool. that I hadn't planned. I ended yeah. up like jumping on a sailboat and sailing all around like the Java seas and the Andaman seas. And I just crewed, it was like a 40 foot catch and cool. the captain was just kind of like, he just lived on his boat full time and he just wanted he just wanted to go explore islands. And so um right there were four of us crewing on the boat and we would do like night watches and help with cooking and cleaning and stuff for like free passage. Right. And there was a lot of sitting around time too. So I started doing a lot of like just I did a lot of like pen sketches in a journal, you know, of like all these places that we we're going and the plants and just I really fell in love with just documenting my experiences through that that visual way you know and it became like a much more like it was like a practice you know
1: yeah yeah Um,
0: yeah yeah, and I I had like this little inkling at that time I wasn't like oh I want to do this for work but I just was like this feels like really important to do Mm -hmm. and really fulfilling and I just like felt really immersed in that Um, and then after being in Southeast Asia for a while I think about six months I went to Nepal Mm-hmm. And I was there for three months, um, and I studied with a, a tanka painter. He did, like, mandalas and tanka paintings, and he was um, amazing. And I would just go into his little studio, and I just... The whole time I was there, I only yeah. painted one mandala.
1: <laughs> but did, he was, like, you, did you seek would, him out? Like, were you looking for a mentor, or, like, how did that relationship emerge?
0: It kind of happened randomly. I saw his work, and it was so beautiful. He had, like, a little shop, and I just started chatting with him, and I just was... I just asked him like, would you happen to teach lessons or do any mentoring? And and yeah. he was he was just like so willing. And so yeah. Mm. yeah, it was really amazing because he I learned a lot about just the process and not the end goal. Cause I would paint yeah. something and he'd be like, No, like that's not right. Paint over it. And I, I yeah. would have spent the whole day doing it. it's like one tiny section, you know?
1: Because right. it's all these
0: like intricate patterns.
1: Right. And so right.
0: it was really meditative and like. It really calmed me down. I'm someone who I'm not diagnosed, but I think probably have ADHD, you know, like probably a lot of artists and climbers. And so it really like grounded me and just made me feel calm. And I just was just drawn to that process.
1: Well, yeah, and I imagine it's kind of humbling to be having this person, like at that point, yeah, just maybe having somebody be like, hey, that's no good. (laughs) I'm just having... Mm -hmm. Having to restart, you know, a visual piece is being like, oh, you're not guarding my emotions here. Like, uh, you're just kind of being directed. That must have been pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, it was. I remember he was gentle and kind about it. And it wasn't in a way that I ever felt bad. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like those paintings that they do are so intricate and beautiful. And like he learned that kind of style painting when he was a kid because he was born into the role of an artist. Sure. He's a llama. So he has like generations and generations and generations of artists behind him. And I yeah. was just so grateful to like just even get to. He spoke a little English and he would just, okay. he'd actually do his work and sit next to me and I would do my work and we'd sort Perfect. of try to chat and have that a lot of tea. Was and special. And
1: yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. so
0: special. Yeah. Um, and it
1: must have informed a lot of like, yeah, just the way you're viewed the 2D world. Like, and, uh, Yeah, I can't imagine. I would love to see some of those works to understand how that made its way like before and after in your artwork. I I wonder how it influenced the pieces you do now, you know? Uh,
0: Yeah, Yeah, well, I have just the one painting and it's framed at my parents' house.
1: Cool, yeah. Um,
0: And I don't know if the actual like style of the painting translates that much because it's not necessarily my style. It's almost more his style, but the process I think really translated and how I work. Yeah,
1: yeah. the, um, the, the feeling and the um, mental just process. Just the
0: feeling, yeah, I have this way. I really like when I do a painting to always just be like, at any point, I can tear this up and start again. And just yeah. to give myself that permission. And I think it's really hard in watercolor because you can't like paint over the section and redo it. Like if yeah. you, sometimes there's just that point of no return and you just have to start again. And even if I have been working on a painting for a month, I always want to allow myself to tear it up and start again, which sometimes is easier than other times, but it's also when I finally do it and I, like, it's so freeing, Yeah, you know? So I think that that process really translated to how I work now, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So is it, yeah, being, like, not attached to the physical outcome, like, more... It's funny because I
0: obviously am attached to this <laughs> classroom because yeah. I have to be, you know. Oh yeah. But.
1: Well, it's also yeah, right because it's yeah. your. I'm forgetting that this is also your livelihood, and so you you do have a pressure to um, create and like yeah. have something that maintains the quality of your artwork. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, if I'm doing yeah. something that's personally it's just like very personally driven and it's my work that I'm just going to do and then sell then it's much easier but if yeah. it's a commission which I'll take on several a year yeah. I kind of get around it by just giving myself a really big time frame so yeah. when yeah. I accept a commission I'm like it could be like anywhere from this and that way I can start again and again and For some reason, I usually always make it by the deadline, even if I start, you know, three times or four times.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, And it's funny, sometimes I'll work like one time, I think I worked on this thing for like two months, just kind of picking away. It's not like I'm working like 10 hours a day, I kind of pick away at it. And then it just wasn't feeling right. And so I was like, oh, no, I think I got to start again. And then I started again. And then the second version just came out like so fast, you know, because I had this knowledge From what I learned in those first two months with the painting, that it just came out and it was similar but just like way more cohesive and way better. And it just that knowledge was like I don't know, it just kind of was part of that whole learning process. So I kind of just trust that somehow it's going to happen
1: (laughs) totally. Yeah, well, and you're also out, you're kind of swimming in the deep end with it. Sounds like you were a little fearful of like the security and becoming an artist, uh, like financial security. And like, I can relate to it a lot. Like that's definitely how I went through school. Like you did, where it's like, I'm kind of gonna kind of too scared to make any art, like my main thing. But a part of that was that it's like, and I've still never just gone out into the deep end and said like, this is my income. Um, and a part of that is because I'm too sensitive to like, like if I put pressure on these art forms, like for me, it's more music than visual visual arts. More like a therapeutic process to me. Um, it's not yeah. something I like look to sell or anything. But musically, like there's definitely I arguably could have a business that would be music, and my fear wouldn't be like, oh, could I make enough money to live on? It would be like, what if I lose? the thing that really grounds me. Like, what if I lose that to the pressure and then I don't even have, like, what if my coping skill becomes my uh, pressure thing? Yeah. You know, I don't know how much you've bumped into that. Like, do you ever wish you would just, your income was completely separate from the process?
0: I think about that a lot because I think there is a sacrifice that you make when it becomes your full-time work. And it, art was always very much therapeutic for me, especially as a child. I was very, like, yeah. unable to express my emotions verbally. And yeah. so I art was always this huge outlet for me. In college, it was a huge outlet for me. I mean, I think a lot of artists identify with that. And so I guess kind of, like, the compromise is that the work that I do – like if I take a commission, it's usually I'll only say yes to things that I really feel like I connect to that landscape. I've been to that landscape. And then I sort of feel like I just still bring my own thing to it, you know?
1: Right, right. Like
0: there's no, I never will say like people, you know, people always have just been fine with me just doing my thing, you know? And so far it's worked out. (laughs) And so there is some compromise because I can't just be like, oh, this isn't what I'm feeling like. Once I've committed, I do kind of have to see it through. But I think that I still can really connect with the part of myself that just kind of pours whatever is going on for me into just the color and the line and the movement of the painting in some way. So there's a sacrifice where it's not purely just like... Oh, go ahead.
1: Well, like, a part of it also seems like it coincides with... You've simplified your lifestyle so that, like... And maybe I'm wrong about this, but, like, you... Are doing something that, um, like, at the end of the day, you you have all your needs met um, by the band and by your relationship with like the wild. It seems and like these desert landscapes. And so it's like if you start from a place of being like everything's kind of like just gaining. Um, if I if I succeed artistically, like even if you hit a rough patch. Um, like, I don't know if your wrist got broke or something, you'd still be okay, you know? And I I don't know if you think about it that way. Like how much does it coincide with the living out of the van and maintaining a simple lifestyle?
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, it feels like, yeah, it's all part of the same thing, like the climbing, being on the road, the art, it's so cohesive and So I don't know if I, yeah, it feels like this is what I would be doing anyways, even if people weren't paying me, because I'm still just so inspired by the landscapes that I'm exploring. And maybe I won't do that forever. But for now, I'm just so like, I love just putting the feelings that I feel in these landscapes down on paper. It feels really satisfying and exploratory for me still. So for now, it feels like that. And you know, it's like in the future, like I always get scared of being put in a box, you know, where people know me for a certain thing. And for now I'm finding in that box, (laughs) but maybe at some point I imagine I'll evolve in some ways and hopefully like people will just come along with me. You know, that's the hope. Definitely.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I still feel like I make space. Like I'm about to go to Peru for six weeks and I have no, I'm just going to do personal work there. So. Cool. You know, I'm going to yeah. bring my paints and papers and it's just this big, bre- so yeah, I guess that's how I deal with it too, is I just make these spaces where I'm like, it's no pressure. Like I'll probably, I might sell those works. Maybe I won't, maybe they'll be personal, but it's still, yeah. I don't know, it's still kind of working because I'll share that journey. I'll share those stories. So that feels like work to me, but it's, yeah. it's still like very personal work. So, yeah. and then when yeah. I get back, I'll start, I might start like a commission or or I I do have some lined up. So I I think making those spaces for personal work helps with that sacrifice that you were talking about. Yeah. With like, um, not wanting to give up the therapeutic side or what art really means to me versus, you know, making it for other people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, Forgive me if there's any delay or like any awkwardness in the gap, because I'm there's like a slight delay between us, but it's all coming uh, through really <laughs> smoothly. <laughs> so just, just forgive me if I'm interjecting in any way that seems rude or anything. Um, no, you Yeah, that that all makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and yeah, like something that comes to mind when you're you're talking about a lot of this like internal growth through these, uh, these experiences that you or that's what I'm hearing a lot of it's like you you go through these chapters of like these journeys and there's like, there seems to be a lot of this self growth, self growth that comes through. Um, and it, it intertwines with artistic process. Um, and I just wanted to note that, um, when I look at your pieces, the thing that really stands out to me is, um, how much it seems to be like your personal impression of the landscape. Like there's this like feeling coming across. Um, But then I keep remembering that's actually what the landscape looks like. And so there's a really interesting cohesion between this like more, uh, what is it? Like inner personal, like emotional view of the thing but then i keep remembering like that's actually what it looks like when you're there and so it's the discerning of saying like that's a really deeply felt thing but it's still i think because of the watercolor its color it still has this air of like impression about it um i I wonder if you have i I can't frame much of a question but i wonder if you have Mm. any reflections about like the um that experience of being like, this is very accurate (laughs) to what I'm seeing, but also it's like mine and it's clearly how you see that landscape that bleeds through subtly, you know?
0: Yeah. It's honestly so cool to hear your perspective of how you experience it because like, to me, that's what the landscape looks like, even though it does have this, like, it's obviously not like totally, it's not like the colors are a little, you know, surreal and it's yeah. not exactly how it looks but that's like how it it is that is my experience in the place so it's very real yeah. to me <laughs> um yeah. and yeah. I I don't know I feel like it's just that subtle somehow I don't I, I honestly I've never really been able to explain how that part of myself you know gets in like injected into the painting but it just feels like I just feel so connected with some of these, especially desert scapes, like so connected with those landscapes. And it just, I don't know. I guess I can't even really explain it. It just feels like I paint how I feel it and it just comes out looking how it feels yeah. to me more than it looks to me. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. And I don't, it would be shocking if you had an incredible language <laughs> explanation for the thing that it is. Cause that's kind of, the whole thing that is like <laughs> art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like some people are so good still at like explaining that process and so yeah. connected with with their own process and I'm very much more of like I guess just kind of just what comes out comes out and yeah. don't necessarily have words for how it happens. And I sometimes yeah. wonder if that's because you know I didn't study art that much and I don't have, you know, I haven't done a ton of critiques and things like people who went to art school might have more language for their process. And I don't really have that as much. And so
1: Yeah. Well it's interesting. It feels okay
0: to me to be like that, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you you kind of it sounds like you kind of wish you went to art school um a little bit. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Yeah. But also that could have that could have messed you up a lot. You know, like you might have not really been able to access like the depth of artistry through you know, because I have seen that happen. where I'm like you're kind of more boxed in because you went to art school you know um so I yeah I sometimes I go both ways with it where I'm like kind of happy I didn't go get my brain (laughs) channeled into art because I'm like no I'm pretty you know like pretty real about this stuff because I am just coming from my heart you know um Yeah, Um, Yeah. I mean, it could go both ways, but I understand having more vocabulary would be nice, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) Maybe and maybe not. I feel like sometimes not having the words just lets you just do it without, like, any kind of judgment attached to it, which I I think is one positive, maybe, if not studying art, but I, yeah, I would be on the fence with studying art, because I do think that just you can have so many more tools. yeah at your fingertips and I feel like I'm just going the slow route you know yeah I'm just figuring things out as I go which is kind of indulgent and cool
1: I Um, think so yeah but there's
0: I'm like I could be a technically made potentially like a technically much better artist if I had gone so it's it's I think
1: yeah yeah I think
0: I've at this point embraced just doing my having my own journey and self you know like learning on my own and from other people and peers and stuff but yeah. Who knows? You know, maybe when I'm like 70 years old, maybe. I'll
1: maybe that's the way school. to do it. Yes. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Because then retroactively, you'll have all this like insight about what you just did, but you won't have to endure narrating it through the journey. You know? Like. Yeah, and
0: have that wisdom and confidence to own your art when you're young. You know, in your 20s yeah. in college, you're so impressionable, and
1: yeah. And I yeah. think
0: when you're older, you can really own your art more. Yeah.
1: Well, and yeah, I think it's actually really inspiring that you didn't go to art school because, from from my angle, I, I like knowing that about you because it's like I want to believe art transcends education that way, and uh, so it's kind of it's kind of cool to hear that and that somebody can just kind of go for it and succeed, like you know, because um, people care about your art. It's really interesting to see like. Um, the internet's an interesting thing because you, <laughs> yeah. you do have a lot of people stopping and taking a look at your stuff on online. And i noticed that I'm like, you know, what is it about these pieces that catch the like attention of people on like Instagram? And I think it's like, you're, you're not like peddling your art very hard, which makes it really pleasant. It's like a magazine to look at your stuff and <laughs> somebody can enter a world. Like, in a, you know, okay. so I think that's satisfying for somebody that's stopping in to look at it, you know? Um, yeah. 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 But it's but it, also, it also a fine line yeah, where I'm yeah. like, I, lo-
0: I really, it's really cool to have that audience and to be able to share my work yeah. and have that, that voice. Cause that is, you know, it's art used to be for me and now it feels like more of a communication tool, which is really cool. Yeah. But then I'm also always like, Oh, I don't, I don't love like selling it you know so it's like this delicate thing of like wanting to share and I'm trying to make a living and I don't want to be like buy this buy this buy this because that's very not how I am
1: well because then yeah Um, so it's cool you're you're hosting a brand yeah yeah right yeah
0: Um, yeah there's a lot of finesse to it I'd say
1: (laughs) definitely and then there's also the inner work right where you're like I don't know because now you have to you have enough just analytics within yourself probably to say like oh people like that one i should keep doing that and it's like well like that can get yeah. out of control you know like yeah. oh that one got a thousand likes this, and This but i actually like the one that got 500 like you know that's got to be kind of uh, a lot to reckon with you know <laughs> like, yeah it, it is out.
0: it is um That happens sometimes where I'm really excited about something, and then I'm like, oh, it didn't do as well as another painting that I posted, but there's just so many factors with the whole Instagram thing, you know? It's like, maybe it's the wrong time of day, so I try to just remember that and just- Is it? Yeah, I know. That's so
1: funny, right? Yeah, you're like-
0: But I'm sure subconsciously still those things, like, Yeah. that's just how humans are, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then,
1: and and I think like I I never want to get too hard on it like cuz people are so associate that stuff with such like superficiality to like think about when to post. It's like, well, this is just the market. So, it's like yeah. we just live in a digital space. And so you're kind of you know, you could also kid yourself out of using something that just is where humanity's at and it's like that's how you share art yeah. now. So, it's on there. And yeah,
0: I, yeah, I, I go back and forth, but I just really try to focus on the fact that this has given me the greatest opportunity to be able to do exactly what I want to do with my life and make, do it sustainably and, you know, make money doing it. <laughs> like yeah. there's so many, for me, it's been such an amazing tool. Yes. And, you know, if I had to work, sell work in a gallery, I'd be tied to a certain place and I just... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I sell all my own work through my website, so I make all the money. You know, it's pretty cool. So oh, yeah. whenever I start to think of that and the dark, the dark side of the internet and of Instagram, I'm just like, but it's been like just amazing opportunity for me.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've tried to flip that switch the last year, where I used to like. Yeah just be in that mob of like, oh, this is dumb, And I'm like, but I'm using it and I love it. <laughs> so like, why am I telling myself that all the time? Like, I maybe just commit, right? Like, I'm not gonna go get a shirt that says I love Instagram, but I do think it's good to be like, oh, that's actually a pretty good platform or, you know, like has done something for me, you know, to make me feel happy, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's the way the world's going. And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. when I go on the mountains and I don't have service for, you know, a few weeks, I it feels so good, you know, like, it's yeah, great. Yeah, so you totally. can still always have a little bit of that balance. And when you need a break, you can take a break. Exactly.
1: Sure. Yeah. My, my way of dealing with like, trying to make sure I'm not an overuser of this stuff is like, I pretty much just have an iPad. So I'm either in Wi Fi and I'm enjoying it or uh, like my Instagram is on my iPad. So it's like, yeah. it's more of a creative thing. That is this object in my life. And then I'm not like standing on a street corner flipping through Instagram, you know, that would, yeah. you know, I think. That's a good
0: strategy, actually, because <laughs> it's yeah, so easy on like, your phone. It, yeah. Like you, sometimes you just turn it on and you don't even know that you clicked on,
1: you know, no, exactly. Social yeah.
0: media. And then you're like, wait, how did I even get here?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really so, sad. What yeah, exactly. to hide but...
0: it in folders.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it can only get so bad with the iPad because I'm like, well, I look pretty clunky if I'm just like carrying yeah. this thing around, you know? So I've really got to be like, I'm, I'm doing it. You know, I'm, I'm here to do this. Uh, yeah, it helps, yeah. definitely. This, uh, there's no segue here, but one, one, (laughs) I didn't have that. I I had a few things in my head that I wanted to ask you. And, um, this is kind of the last thing that's like uh, a broader topic. Um, and I'm curious what will come up. Um, I'm thinking about a time that an artist who taught me a lot, one of my good friends, this guy, Zach, um, he and I were going out into the woods and I remember we had been jamming a lot and making music and we were both visual artists and musicians. And I remember being like, Oh, we should take like these paintings and our instruments and these mushrooms. And we're going to go out and have a, have a cool thing. And he like slowed me down. And there was like a very cool creative changing moment in my life where he was like, no, we should go experience this uh, and then come back. And like, see what gets, you know, conveyed through these means. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of was this discerning moment. Where I was like, oh yeah, you can like, you have to be there for something. You can't just go straight to the battery and like, try to, you know, seize everything. Um, yeah. And I was curious what would come up in this conversation, because you are doing something that like, involves being immersed in the wild, but also being creative. Um, And I wonder what it's like, so how much of your creativity takes place in the field, like where you're actually Mm -hmm. sitting there soaking in this landscape or does any?
0: Yeah, I think most of my paintings I'm not doing, like in the mountains, I'm doing them after I came out of the mountains, you know? Yeah. So I do think there's a big element of when I'm in those places, I'm just like soaking it in and experiencing that, but I will bring like paper and pen and that's where I do just like, kind of like more journal art. And I just kind of like, just do these like kind of more doodly fun paintings where I'm just kind of getting that essence of my experience down. So sometimes I, yeah I feel like the creative process is happening in those in those uh experiences like when I'm out in the mountains but in a more subtle way I'm not like "Ooh, I'm gonna like remember this color so you know what I mean it's just like it just kind of transcends you know it just like it just filters through and then when I'm back in my van or wherever I am working on the painting it just kind of comes through
1: yeah yeah so you're you're (laughs) It it kind of aligns with what I was describing. It's like you might need to capture something and be like, "Let me remind myself what mattered," yeah. or give myself a little thing to latch onto. But yeah, you you probably are yeah creating kind of like this more mindless discovery so that you can hold on to that magic yeah. and bring it back to the studio where you know it's more focused place or like hyper focused place yeah
0: Yeah, 100 percent. some people you know they'll do you know where they'll sit and paint the mountain for like a month and work on it but yeah yeah, i prefer to just go experience the mountain jot down a few things come out and then yeah it comes out you know
1: i mean maybe that weaves into this thing we were saying earlier with like the the accuracy versus the interpretation of the experience and it's like Maybe you are also painting a memory of a feeling, which could make yeah. it more personal, like that, you know, because you're not yeah, just like, I feel like, yeah, that you know. resonates.
0: So I feel like you're putting better words, to my <laughs> I but that does resonate. Well, it's like it's cool. like somehow that experience, yeah, is just filtering through onto the paper afterwards in a yeah. way that that is not really super conscious.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'm glad that resonates. Yeah, because it's like yeah it is, it feels that way. Maybe they do feel like, yeah, memories of feelings or something. And cause you know, there are landscape artists where you're like, yep, that's it. Like that's exactly it. And that's, you know, but it's, it's so different with yours. It's not that it's like, yeah, that's how it feels to be there. It's not precisely it, you know?
0: Yeah. I also feel like just landscapes in general pull out this really deep and emotional part of myself that, like I said, when I was younger, I struggled to, I was a gymnast. So I was like taught to be really stoic and hide my feelings. And when I was scared, you suck it up and you don't say anything and you're not taught to advocate for yourself, things like that. And I think when I discovered like the outdoors, (laughs) because I was pretty serious about gymnastics, you know, I'd be like, I would go sometimes even before school, sometimes go to school, Go to gym be done by like 9 p.m you know my life was like indoors
1: and were, so you I like, were you thinking about like were you thinking about like the olympics was it like that level of like
0: yeah that was when i so i grew up in the, yeah i grew up in the uk i lived in wales in the uk till i was 12 yeah. and i was on the junior olympic team in wales yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. in the states i wasn't on the i was just i was like the college athlete route in cool. the states and then i broke my back when i was 17 and wow. it was like a great blessing <laughs> really. Yeah. honestly um when I look back at it but um so when I fi- yeah when I finally like left that world behind and discovered the outdoors it was like like it just blew my mind like I just felt like I wasn't I felt like I just went back to the nature that I was born in you know because when I was a kid yeah. I was this wild rambunctious like Child, and then they put me in gymnastics, and I just like turned into like a robot, you know. Oh
1: my gosh, and totally. So something
0: about that freedom of rediscovering the outdoors and just like walking around barefoot in the desert and like
1: yeah. just
0: touching rocks, <laughs> like totally. it to me still. Like when I talk about it, it makes me want to cry because it just it's yeah. so. It just makes me feel like I can. I'm just me, and not anything else, and no parameters, you know. And so I feel like yeah. that's another thing that I feel like comes through my work.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's cool it that the desert happen. reached you like that. I'm really intrigued by you desert people because I'm mm-hmm. I feel very like I feel kind of alien in those landscapes <laughs> uh, I guess a little. Or I don't feel like I'm home, but I'm always really intrigued by yeah. people that do. Um and it's like I'm um, like kind of a small mountain like my brain really likes being around moss and like yeah. little little rivers and things like that and then yeah. when I go out there I'm like feel like I'm like not in my house you know <laughs> but I love it yeah. it's just I feel like a visitor but I'm amazed when somebody's in a desert and they feel like that's a really interesting place to feel like yourself you know
0: I, I wonder if part of the desert is the work in, because I did the wilderness work after yes. I got back from Nepal. I worked yeah. in wilderness therapy for two years, and I feel like that was another stage in my life where I just, in my work with other people, I grew so much and connected with a lot of deep stuff. And so I feel like that's all associated with the desert, you know, for
1: me. Cool. Yeah, that makes, you grew, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's just so yeah, much yeah.
0: vulnerability out in the, out there, and I feel like... totally. Totally. It's like a safe place almost for that, for me to explore that. And so I think that's probably part of why I feel really drawn to the desert because before that I wasn't necessarily drawn to the desert.
1: Yeah. You just put all the hours in and yeah, I mean, I similarly did the, you know, a couple of years wilderness therapy guiding and like the, uh, yeah, I, I very much communed with the the place that I'm describing, like the, you know, that's where those, the vulnerability, which I think I had already cultivated, John and I were in this wilderness, like minor together in uh, college. So a lot of that initial stuff took place then. Um, And I felt more like ahead of the game when I went into guiding, because I was like, I've done this, you know, I've like debriefed my feelings and metaphors before. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I still came into myself through that guiding experience you know um and it's cool that you brought your creativity into that i'm sure it was good for the kids because uh to to be doing something like i don't know uh, that that was personal i think really modeled good stuff for them (laughs) you know
0: yeah yeah i i remember we had a lot of freedom with running groups like that and i was always drawn to the creative groups of like sculpture you know building sculptures with yeah resources that you found in the desert or, you know, things yeah. like that. But I also just, um, I did a lot of personal work when I was in the field too. Like any break that I would get or if there's quiet time, mm-hmm. I'd always be like drawing or I'd bring my watercolors out there and paint. And that's when I really, that's when I started painting desertscapes was in yeah. the field, you know, and yeah. that was still personal work for me at that time. Totally. Um, I started yeah. telling a few things here and there, but mostly it was just like, I have a lot of big feelings out here and I can yeah. just, them down through this like landscape that I'm looking at.
1: Yeah. That those chapters guiding are huge and they really put you in a good place in life. Like my, my wife and I met doing that. And like, cool. I still feel like our relationship is just we, every day we use language that we learned at that time. And every once in a while we'll reflect and be like, what would we do with these feelings if we didn't have these yeah. just subconscious processes to talk about these, you know, like I think it makes for really good relationships to have gone through yeah. that, you know? Um, yeah.
0: I, yeah. my, my grew up in a family that I would say is like slightly passive aggressive and, yeah. and um, I was generally kind of avoidant with my feelings. So yeah, it was like the greatest tool ever. And for and my partner, um, he did Alaska crossings, so he did wilderness too so he and which is funny because he's really drawn to like those big alaska mountains and stuff yeah
1: yeah yeah. um
0: but so we both i feel like so grateful that we both have that foundation for communication and being direct and having like not being so scared of uncomfortable (laughs) conversations and feelings it's like the greatest gift i think for life
1: Yeah, it's funny that like we've all clicked on all those same websites. Like, I've been on the Alaska Crossings, yeah, I've probably been on the one, whatever you worked at. Um, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I was at True North for a while, and uh, which is the Vermont one. And then Pacific, I did Pacific quest for a year, which was weird.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. I actually remember looking into Pacific quest.
1: Uh, I did the one with
0: John with uh, a second nature slash evoke. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of
1: course. Which is like one of the most most famous ones, right? Yeah.
0: It's really well established.
1: Yeah. A lot of other ones are modeled off of that one, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, so that's really cool. And yeah, I think you probably also got a lot of really, uh, kids that were having a hard time like because uh some of these like quote-unquote softer programs would like send their kids to you know Utah like because they needed to see bigger mountains or whatever you know or they needed to see different things yeah (laughs) um yeah that's that's cool but it's it's that's a really cool journey to go on and um yeah I think it's I, it sounds like you're doing this Peru trip but then you guys are also setting your course for these, for rooting and, and finding somewhere to be and I think that's yeah. uh, going to be a really valuable transition artistically like it's cool that you're going to be able to put your easel down and have things spread out physically more
0: yeah. I'm so excited about that, like pinning yeah. stuff up on the walls, <laughs> like, Dude, I'm just, yeah. like yeah doing color experiments and just things that i feel like i just it's really hard to do and especially now that my partner and i travel in the van together a lot it's even hard it's been even harder (laughs) because i don't have that like personal space as much but i'm so excited to i feel like it's going to just really help me grow as an artist so when that time comes it's going to be awesome
1: (laughs) definitely yeah it when my less rootsy times ended like we got a we, we got a house and it's like really crazy to have land and be we're coming into a second yeah. season with a garden and cool. yeah our baby just turned one and it's oh, like it's really me. cool to have you know like you said like it really does when you withhold long enough like that ability to put things down like I'm years into doing that now and I never take it for granted now that I have like a music studio and there's a place my guitar hangs with the band and like that just is always so much more amplified that the preciousness of that because it was so hard to do for a while you know yeah yeah,
0: yeah. that's I think that I will also really appreciate it yeah um really cool. and I'll always have the van so I can always like you yeah know, totally. go take off on adventures but coming back to a place that I really love sounds special
1: yeah that's that's the best way to be for sure. Um, I feel like taking in lessons from like uh, the Hobbit and like mm-hmm. being like really cozy home, but then you go mm-hmm. out and you do things and you come back. Yeah. And, like that's definitely a cool way to be, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 For sure.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been really cool to chat and thanks for doing this. Cause it's been yeah. just kind of a growing thing where I'm trying to make, this happens every week and um i've already just had a lot of good conversations um yeah and uh, yeah i hope it was yeah. cool to listen to that episode of it john was, yeah.
0: yeah it was so honestly i listened to it and i was like it was so cool to learn about yeah. um his process and his story and yeah i just i really enjoyed it so i was like i and i generally don't love like speaking publicly or like podcasts always kind of scare me so yeah, <laughs> I was yeah like, this is a good opportunity like it just seemed like you guys had such like a nice flowing conversation it seemed natural yeah. and I was like this I should do this and so I'm glad that I did it was really fun talking yeah thanks
1: I'm glad you are yeah because like you were saying it's like it is it's kind of to you put on the spot to find words for what you're yeah you're, you know but I think if it's not hopefully this platform will continue to evolve is, you know, signaling that to somebody that there is a way to at least connect and be finding whatever words there are. Because even though it feels like it doesn't capture it, like sometimes just balancing ideas can help you grow and reflect in a way that's meaningful, you know? Um, Yeah. 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 But yeah, if you're ever in Vermont, reach out. We're we're here. Thanks. I've
0: actually never been to Vermont. It looks so amazing there.
1: (laughs) It's a cool place. Yeah. I recommend it you know um yeah and yeah, just same for old- i
0: mean we're not sure where we'll be but <laughs> whenever we'll right. be somewhere you're welcome
1: right on thanks yeah yeah there's always a place to park the van if you need to um we well. we've got some land over here but cool awesome. nice to meet you and yeah I- nice I- to meet you and all that yeah take good care
0: okay bye bye